Hey, everybody. My name is Rachel Todd, and today we're going to be talking about living with authenticity. What's up? It's Kevin Crenshaw, a.k.a. The Heart Guy. Welcome to The Heartbeat, where we talk about living life from the heart. So this is an amazing topic, and me and Rachel were kind of talking before. We started recording because there's uh, a kind of a movement going on, if you will, around people craving more authenticity in others and even themselves. And so I'm really excited for this conversation and welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Of course. So like I was saying, there's kind of this movement for realness and authenticness happening. Uh, could you talk just a bit more on that and what your perspective has been? Yeah. Um, well, kind of rewinding all the way back into like the history of my personal family and what I've observed is that mm. my grandparents and my great grandparents, they were very different. That generation was told to button up and to keep up with the Joneses and don't let them see you sweat and don't let anybody know that inside closed doors, perhaps your family was going through a struggle or, or your marriage was struggling. And I think that people felt so much more isolated and alone. And it's really, I mean, not to bring this conversation down, but I'm going to start on the downside of it was that I witnessed my, my grandfather, he passed away with, you know, not a lot of, not a lot going on, not a lot of friends, not a, not a huge, uh, celebration of life, um, sort of like a legacy of, of sons that tended to shy away from vulnerability and to lean more into sarcasm and biting comments. And that's how I observed, um, people deal with one another when I was a little girl. And as I mm. studied positive psychology and gone through my own training with yoga and mindfulness, and then of course incorporating pageantry into that, I've discovered that the opposite is true, that the opposite is what has enabled me to accomplish all that I have. And I just think that generationally there's something changing. And I think that the millennial generation is a big part of this. Uh, the internet is a wonderful catalyst for this movement because people are celebrating differences and celebrating struggles and watching somebody come through a struggle and build resiliency in such a different way. And it's happening all over mm -hmm. the world. And people are able to see stories from different countries or war-torn countries and, and refugees and to see stories that are probably a lot more detrimental than my own. And so to just be exposed to those helps you to see that like, man, my life really isn't so bad. I can share my story. Um, I just think that there's just such a mm -hmm. beautiful movement happening. A hundred percent. That's a good, uh, good perspective on it all because you know, the older generations were told to not really be vulnerable. Um, and I've done a lot of work with this on just masculine energy and, and especially the world of growing up as a man. And that's been the message yeah, to us has absolutely. been nobody cares about your feelings. So then you grow up in this not really knowing how to understand your feelings. So then when you get into a relationship and feelings start coming up, it seems like you're distant, but you just literally don't know the language. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cause you haven't, cause you haven't gone there. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. so maybe for somebody who, is I mean, I'm assuming that everybody listening to my podcast right now is wanting something real. So for somebody who's wanting something real, um, you know, I, I'm a strong believer that you've got to be authentic if you want authentic. And if you want authentic to stay around you. So how could you or what advice would you give people to really start to share more of their truth 
Because I think it's very easy to just kind of point fingers and go like, oh, like you need to be authentic. You need to be authentic. You need to be authentic. But like, uh, are you being authentic, <laughs> you know, saying this stuff? Yeah. So, uh, what would you say to them? Yeah. I, I've actually been training on this a lot with my, my personal team on how, okay, we can talk about authenticity all day long. We can talk about vulnerability, but what does it actually look like when you put it into action? And I think for me, what has been um, really helpful is in doing it in small doses at first. So first and foremost, I, if your family is still around and alive, um, find a very nice, tactful way to perhaps have a conversation with those in your family and start opening up those stories and discussing them as matter of fact and not something to be ashamed of. So telling about my grandfather, you know, passing away in the way that he did could really embarrass a lot of people. But for me, that's just the way that it happened. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. I love that man. and he, I miss him. But that's how it happened. Um, mm -hmm. My dad left my mom mm -hmm. when I was 19. And for a long time, I hid that story, especially on the pageantry platform of like wanting to maintain this essence of perfection. And I realized that people didn't want mm -hmm. that. People listening to me speak, especially young students and teenagers that are really, um, they're very vulnerable to influence. They wanted to see somebody succeed that had been through some, some stuff in their lives. And so I was doing them a disservice right. by not telling them what I had been through. Um, mm. And I think that doing it in small doses. So I started with a small audience and shared that. And at the end of that speech or that talk, I realized that A, nobody died. B, I was still standing, <laughs> and C, I had deeper connections with those people in my audience than I had ever had before, and I felt better on the inside for doing it. And so I think just like taking a deep breath before, you know, on a very physical level, like taking a deep breath before sharing something, yeah. um, perhaps writing out your narrative in a journal before you start to share the story of your life and realizing that there's so much that you can help people with by showing them like, look, this is where I've been. This is what I've been through. And I'm still standing. You're going to inspire more people that way than you would by staying quiet. And you have to realize that like you're being selfish by not sharing your story. You're being selfish by not helping others to succeed by inspiring them to do more with their lives. Right. Well, and I'm sure some people listening, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second are like, yeah, well, like, who am I? Like, what do I know? My, I've, I went through this past. Who am, I, who am I to inspire somebody? Oh my God. I mean, to that, could you speak to I that? say that everybody has the ability to inspire and that you never, ever, ever know what somebody is going through. In my line of work, getting to dive mm. into women's stories. And I have been approached by women that I would have been in awe of had they walked into the room. And I still am. But in a way of like, wow, that woman's so beautiful and she must have it all together and she must be so wealthy and she must have a beautiful family and everything must just be so wonderful for her. And <laughs> getting to work one on one with these women and hear what they're going through or what they've been through in life. And the more you expose yourself to it and open yourself up to it, you're going to see that those who have risen the highest are usually those that have fallen the lowest. And I would say that you have to just start sharing with anybody and everybody. Um, I mean, somebody in a coffee shop, you never know where these connections are going to come from. And you could get to the end of your life and feel like you've only talked to seven people in your entire life and really shared your story. Or you could get to the end of your life and feel like you could reach out and hold hands with like 400 human beings and feel a connection with them. That's up to you. 
But for me, I know that I want to get to the end of my life and feel like I have had these like really incredible soul penetrating eye contact conversations where you see their eyes well up and they don't need to break down in tears. Like I'm not asking people to lay on the floor in the middle of the grocery store because I brought them to (laughs) tears, but you can tell when somebody's eyes sort of well up and they get that, that they just are connecting with you and you sort of just have a moment and Mm-hmm. that fills you up yeah. more than anything that fills me up more than anything i should say you 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. that's definitely an amazing perspective to have on things what would you say to people that are struggling with uh fear of rejection like you know if i share my story then, then i won't be accepted or they won't like me as much or whatever it is or the fear of just opening up oh man I have a very really, I feel it's the fear of rejection, about but... yeah, about rejection. <laughs> I, I have Preach been it. rejected more times than I've been accepted in life. And I was raised in a very small town and I got labeled very early on as the redheaded, awkward girl that was in gifted classes and like tall and lanky and freckles and really fair skin and all of Oh, and I'm an Irish step dancer. Like, I don't think you could add one more thing on to like my, I, my description as a child that could have made me any more of an outcast. But you know what? All of those people who are going to reject or make fun or speak behind your back, A, they don't care about your life as much as you care about your life. They don't care about your success as much as you care about your success. They don't care about your legacy as much as you care about the legacy that you want to leave. And so freaking what? Like those people are so much further back on their journey, they're not even willing to listen to a podcast like this. So you have to let them have their time in life to discover all of this stuff. And like, they're not woke as a lot of millennials would say, like, they're just not, they're not (laughs) ready. It's not that they're judging you. They're judging themselves for feeling insecure around the fact that you're willing to shine brighter. That's what it is. They're not rejecting you at all. So so what move on next those people are not bad people they don't <laughs> deserve to be like put down or ignored but they certainly do not matter in the grand scheme of things they truly truly don't you cannot allow that to weigh on mm-hmm. who you think of yourself as a human being you cannot <clears throat> mm-hmm. and i think it's focusing so much on your mission and just saying like this is the direction that i'm going and what's the what's the quote like if somebody drags you down they're already below you right exactly or if they're trying to drag you down they're already below you right so it's um it's caring about people but not caring about the opinions of everybody it's also choosing who to who to listen to um yeah because what advice do you want to take i mean obviously you can take advice from somebody who's a lot further along than you you would might their opinion matters a little bit more I would say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just did a, I've just done a bunch on, on fear of rejection here recently on podcasts and this podcast and other podcasts and stuff. So that's an awesome perspective. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, if I could have a conversation with Tony Robbins, I would for sure respect his opinion on where I'm going with my life and my career and the way that I think about things. Tony Robbins opinion would be something I would take into consideration considering he is ahead of me, ahead <laughs> of me in life and I would like to be where he is, right? Yeah. Or Rachel Hollis or something like that. But if you're looking at somebody and you would actually feel like you're dragging them along, why the heck would you listen to what they have to say? That I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so it's such a waste of time. And I don't mean to make those people sound worse off. They're not. 
but it is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people are not thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 100%. So when it comes to, I guess, this whole sharing and being vulnerable thing, I know there's some people out there that see it as a weakness or that might see it as a weakness where, I mean, I see it vulnerability is the ultimate form of strength because you're just putting yourself out there. Yep. This is me. Take it or leave it. Right. Right. And that's when somebody has it, there's not a neediness or they're not seeking validation in other people. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, so well, that was a uh, 12, 12 minutes. Let me write this down. I'm going to edit. Okay. Um, so how does somebody go from, you know what, like this, actually is something that I need to do versus like, Oh, Kevin and Rachel were just talking about this on some podcast. That sounds cool. Um, I'm sure you have, but those listening, if you've not yet, she is probably besides Marianne Williamson, one of, in my opinion, Mm. one of the most incredible minds of our time. And they will go down in history as being the people who have started a new Renaissance. They're the beginning of a new enlightenment, in my opinion. Um, Brene Brown has brought to light the research of the people who have lived life to the fullest, who have felt like they've lived this life of, um, joy, like complete joy and satisfaction. And they get to the end of their life and they're in happy relationships and they may not be the richest person in the world, but they feel satisfied with where they are. And it's because they've chosen to live wholeheartedly. And then what she did was she dove into what wholehearted living looked like. And instead of thinking of um, vulnerability and strength on opposite ends of the spectrum, she basically flipped that whole idea on its head. And with research and data, so if you're a like an analytical brain like I am, with research and data, she proved that it takes more strength to be vulnerable. It takes more of courage to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart rather than hiding. And buttoning up your emotions or compartmentalizing and putting something away for the rest of your life only leads to Mm -hmm. disease and cancer and stress related illnesses. And it's only going to be a detriment to your life. So if for no other reason than like your health and the level of your stress and your weight and the amount of inflammation in your body and the way that your body deals with stress and disease, rather than making it into a tumor or cancer, you have to release that stuff. Like you don't really have another option if you want to live a healthy life physically and emotionally and Mm -hmm. spiritually and mentally, like mental health. I mean, take the emotion out of it, but um, she has a new Netflix special and I just watched it like three times through because I wanted to absorb everything Mm -hmm. she was saying. She quotes Eleanor Roosevelt and that is the inspiration for her book daring greatly where she talks about his quote of i'm gonna totally jack this up but like being in the arena and being like dust all over your face you're scarred you're you've got cuts and bruises and when you're down there in the arena is where life like really begins that's where it starts to have meaning and purpose and depth and from that place 
when you're laying on your stomach in the arena, mm. I picture like the Coliseum, that's where you see everybody else that's down there with you with the same dust on their faces and skinned up knees. And that's where you see people like Oprah and Tony Robbins and Marianne Williamson and the great people of our time. They're down there. They're not sitting up in the stands. Like they've gotten off the bench and they haven't, they're on the field. And so I just, I don't know. I just think that like, you can't listen to, you can't desire to listen to podcasts and want to be better and then still think you want to sit on the stands. Like stop benching yourself. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's so true. I love it. Well, I feel like we could keep talking about this for hours, yeah, <laughs> but where I can people find out more about you and what you do? Mainly Instagram, obviously, but Facebook as well. On Instagram, you can find me at the Rachel Todd. And that's like the guy's name, Todd. And my website is racheltodd.com. Um, please feel free to reach out via direct message or uh, my email address is info at racheltodd.com. I would love to hear from people. Awesome. You're welcome. Thank you I'll so much, Rachel. Water. I really right. appreciate it. This is an <laughs> awesome episode. And an amazing conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. For everybody listening, go check her stuff out. As always, put some heart into everything that you do today. <laughs>